Hello again, Pastor Deborah here. This is another global teleministry podcast episode. And this one is entitled, Proclaiming Good Tidings Unto the Meek. Well, what does that mean? And who are the meek? Is that anybody or everybody? What does it mean, good tidings? Well, good tidings, it's sort of an ancient word, tidings. It's words. Words of joy, healing, recovery. Words that are wrapped up as garments with a fragrance of myrrh, and alloys cassia they're from out of a river out of a, an anointing and oil out of a heart that's filled and overflowing with agape love and love and joy and peace and it comes from somebody who knows that these hearts these spiritual beings that he loves so very much have a spirit, a mind, and a heart that is meek. And they need to hear spiritually good tidings, good news, good, loving, kind words that bring hope. But not only just hope, Because hope, without an action, without some kind of deed behind it, isn't hope for the broken-hearted or the meek. Let's look at who these words are being spoken to. Could be you who are listening. You, all of humanity that's hidden away in that body of dirt hidden away in the darkness of the kingdom of darkness of ignorance could be you the little baby spirit that sort of believes in the stuff but hasn't had any deeds or restoration yet let's look and see what the word meek means meek means something is deficient in strength and courage. A lack of strength and courage. Subjected to and submissive to fear and torment. It's not strong. Meek means loss of freedom. It means heaviness and mourning. Could that be depression? Could be. Is that what depression is for the soul? Meekness? Could be. It also means that the spirit is and has within it a spirit of heaviness, of mourning, of deep depression. It's constrained by these feelings. 
that's full of shame and guilt has no honor or glory and it's held captive by the fear of what? Fear being found out that it's but naked, sort of. Fear that somebody might really see it as it is. Fear that uh, it cannot overcome. Because what is behind that fear? That the spirit is trying to keep away. It is something, someone called death. And this death has a smell. And it has hands. And it tightens its noose. On this precious little spirit. Could be you. Oh you would not know it. Unless you could see yourself spiritually. Could be that you're in a trance. And you don't know. But you feel something in your soul. Maybe even during this time. You feel fearful. I may not live. My children may not live. What is going on in the world? I may die. Life is not what it usually is, where there's rules, where in uncharted territory. So the little spirit is fearful. It's meek. It has no courage. It has no nutrition of strength. The little spirit is injured. It's wounded and bruised. It's held by unseen chains in its mind. A fear. Lack of strength and courage. It has no power, no strength. Well, how would you know that? Well, the only way you can is if you can see in the Spirit. And you're given words of revelation. There is a gift that's given by the giver that proclaims these words of healing and restoration. It's called the gift of discerning of spirits. It's what you peer into, you see, you hear into that realm. Pastor Deborah here is able to do that. I don't know why I was chosen. I don't control the gift. I don't know when I need it. I might be using it right now, looking deep into the darkness where you are. I might be seeing the real you, the one that will live on past death, that when the dirt body gives way, can no longer sustain itself. There's a part of you, the forever person, that starts leaving. We all have heard about it. In Buddhism and Hindu, they try to reach it called Nirvana. To the Islamic, they're trying to get to paradise. To others, they're trying to get to heaven. Some have lots of near-death experiences. They leave their bodies. But through this gift, Pastor Deborah here is able to see the condition of your spirit. Hear its little whimpering cries. See its torment and vexation, even while it sleeps in its trances. And I can see all the splits, all the different personalities. I can see the disassociation. I can see the spirit being vexed and tormented. I want to tell you a story how I know this. I was on this prayer team. 
this deliverance team or personal ministry team in a church years and years ago. There was a young girl. She was from Germany, didn't speak any English, and her mother. She was in a wheelchair because she had Tourette's syndrome. And when the praise and worship music started going, she would start flailing her arms. And it was very distracting for the rest of the people. So the ushers took her out and took her to the female's bathroom. They called me to pray peace over her. So when I got there, she's laying on this little sofa, can't speak English. Mama can't speak. And I look in her eyes. And here's what the gift of discerning of spirits showed me. I see a little girl running, running, running as fast as she can go. And something like a large baboon, baboon, excuse me, animal chasing it. While that was going on, she's laying peacefully, physically on the sofa. And then the baboon catches her. And he starts ripping her and clawing her. Throws her down on the ground and starts raping her. When that happened, her arms start flailing. And God told me, he said, you see that? And I go, yes, sir. That is what will happen in hell. That is what is happening to this little precious spirit in that realm. So I bound that stuff up and prayed peace. I was shown through that gift of discerning of spirits, peering into the darkness of a human being to see their spirit. The little spirit was meek. It had no strength, no courage. It could run, but it couldn't fight back. It became injured, wounded, and bound. And it needed to hear that there was something that could help it. Some words, some good tidings that could stop it. That could heal the fear, the bruises and the wounds to the spirit. That would give it strength. It needed a shepherd to protect it. A soldier to fight against that demonic that was chasing it. For it was like a little lamb being chased by a bear or a wolf or a lion and nothing could stand in the way except the shepherd so speaking proclaiming good tidings to the meek is what this is about it's to the spirit who's lost all of its strength it's injured and wounded held captive has a heaviness of spirit of mourning and depression. And sometimes we see it in the soul. And then when it becomes so overwhelming to the spirit, it will go through the soul and come out through the physical body. Because all of them are one. They are all connected. What happens to one affects the other. This little spirit in this girl was bound by fear to this thing. So I was brought in. And through the gift of discerning of spirits, I could help. I could speak to her. I spoke peace. I bound up the thing. I forbid it to do that anymore. I was a proclaimer of mercy and of good tidings to this precious spirit. 
Let me tell you another story about how this works. It's called James the Protector. James the Protector was a created part of this precious multi-generational Satanist that I was privileged and honored to be a part of leading her into the light, into a copy love, joy, and peace in the name of Christ Jesus. She had been serving Satan in the Church of Satan and in the Illuminati throughout thousands of generations of her people. And what happened was, as we got to know each other, she felt safe. Her core spirit, who was very, was a meek one, lacked courage, was a little child. And it had created a part to help it, called James. When she was about two or three, she needed help spiritually from the abuse it was receiving. No other human spirit would help it. There was no help from anywhere. So she used her gift that she did not know she had. And the gift is, as you think in your heart, so you are. So she created, through spiritual gifts, James, the protector. And I met James when this lady was about 30 years old. He comes out and talks to me. And he starts speaking to me about what his job is. And his job is to protect the little meek spirit, this little two and three year old, the core of candy. Because that's, even though Candy's physical body was about 30 years old, her core, her spirit, the eternal part of her was about just two or three. It had not grown yet. And James was a teenager. And what James did, which was really a part of Candy, part of her spirit's ability to create, disassociate, she had to learn how to protect herself. She couldn't do it. She was too meek, had no strength. She was wounded. Too much fear, too much shame and guilt, even for a two- and three-year-old. So James was created. And I asked James, I said, aren't you awful tired? You've been protecting Candy all of her life. Wouldn't you like to take a rest? Maybe just sit down and chill. He said, yes, I would. But I can't. I have to protect her 24 hours a day, seven days a week, like I have been doing all her life. Remember, the physical body and the soul of Candy was about 30 years old. So James, but he remained a teenager. And he was tired. It's really Candy's spirit was tired of protecting herself. But that's all the little meek spirit could do. Could do nothing else. There was no words of hope. Nobody else to come along. So I said, I knew somebody named Christ Jesus. That the older Candy had met and was getting to know. But this James, this little child, this meek, wounded, injured, fearful, mourning child, had not yet met this Christ Jesus. 
said, wouldn't you like him? He's pretty young. He was about 30 years old. He'll come and take your place if Candy will let it. He said, I don't know about that. I'm the only one that's been doing it, the only one that can do it. So why don't we give him a, a chance? Say for 24 hours. So he left, got quiet on the phone. He went and talked to Candy, which was really a family meeting between Candy and herself. And she came back and said she thought it would be okay if this Christ Jesus should give him a try. See if he could take James's place and protect her. So I prayed a prayer. Dear Father, send in your mighty shepherd. Send in your king, your great warrior, to protect this little candy. To guard her 24-7. To give James a rest. So that candy will know that not only do you give joy... But you are a mighty healer. And you will set this part of candy free. So Christ Jesus came spiritually into Candy's spirit. Took his place as watchman on the wall. Shepherding guard. And 24 hours later, Candy called me back. James was there. I said, how does Christ Jesus do? Eh, he did all right. What does Candy think? He went off. Candy, and he came back and said, She said he did okay. She felt safe. I was able to proclaim good tidings about this Christ Jesus to Candy, to a little two and three year old spirit. And he took his place that he'd always wanted to be, spiritually, to the spirit. But he couldn't because James was there, which was really candy. And I said, oh, James, why don't we let this Jesus do it full time and you take a rest? What I was saying to this meek little spirit, this little two and three year old spiritual child, rest now. I'm proclaiming good tidings to it. There is another. You don't have to do this anymore. There's a mighty shepherd, a warrior, and a king. He will stand guard now. You can stand down. He'll take the watch. And you can rest. Those were words of good tiding to Candy's spirit, who had been injured and wounded, lived in fear, heaviness and mourning. And in and she agreed. That he could do it. So in came this mighty shepherd. Who was gentle and kind. But also. He was a warrior and a king. He would do battle to protect her. And the little meek spirit. Could rest. And when the shepherd was there. He would lead this little spirit. To living waters. To good grass. And it would start growing. And it could eat peacefully. And in safety. And it could drink good waters. And it wouldn't have to worry about any demonics coming. Because the king would be there to protect. This little meek spirit. Two or three year old spiritual child. Who had been protecting itself. The only way it knew how through a gift. 
of disassociation. As you think in your heart, so you are. Was finally able to let go of that self-protection. And allow this mighty one, this word that was anointed. That had this cassia, alloys, and myrrh. And while it was standing guard... It would speak good things to the little child. The little child Candy could lay down and rest peacefully. She could start regaining her strength. She didn't have to use part of her gifts and her spiritual strength through James to protect herself, to guard herself. For now another was. Strength was coming back. And that was how this little spirit got proclaimed good tidings to it. But I had to be able to back up. You can't just preach the good tidings to a human spirit and not be able to back it up. Your words have to have substance behind them. They have to have the partnership of this Christ Jesus and his Father backing you up. Every prayer, everything. Or else they are just words. And they mean nothing. We run into that a lot. And uh, so people go, your words are dead. But I have to be able to speak good tidings to the Spirit. I want to tell you another story. And it's called Flames of Fire. This was a young man born again to multi-generational Satanism. He was born, and when he came out, he was spiritually just flames of fire. He was full of passion and fire. All his fire were demonic spirits. He was probably supposed to be a leader that was passionate, a preacher, or or an evangelist or something. Somebody that would probably travel, could convince people with oratory skills, could speak truth, and could was a powerful speaker, and he could mesmerize audiences. Because he was a flame of fire. He was a servant of the fire. Now, I knew these stories from the Bible. And I knew that was the pattern of this God. And this God said, I make my spirits ministers. But certain ones, they are flames of fire. Ministers unto me, unto the world. And I want to let you know if you hear any strange noise on here. There's a lot of construction and work going on outside. And you might hear it on this podcast because I'm sitting at the door it's a beautiful sunny day but there's some neighbors building a dock doing something so what happened was this precious spirit that's inside the flames never saw himself but he saw other human spirits with bodies when he looked at himself all he saw were flames and he was sad God brought him to me because he had had wishes to have a body. Now, I didn't hear them, but God did. So I was going to speak 
good tidings to him. I was going to speak to this meek, powerless, frightened, to the spirit who was full of shame, almost given up hope, that there were hope in what I had to say. So I asked him, I said, uh, do you want the flames? He said, well, there's, you can't take them away. I was born with them, and this is who I am. Now, while I'm talking to him, I'm also in a conversation through the discerning of spirits, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I'm in a three-way conversation, God talking to me. It's really coming out through here, through the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking spiritually in the Spirit to this young man. So I'm having to listen in three ways. I had to know the Father's heart. I had to know that he wanted to bring good tidings to this meek and fearful spirit who was had lost all hope and courage for ever being a normal spirit. So I said, I can take him away. He said, Oh no, you can't. There's nobody. But I knew different because I had pow I had had powerful experiences with this God of good tidings. So I knew what the father wanted to do. He had heard this young man's heart cries, even in his dreams, to have a regular body. So I said, I know somebody who can take him away. And I started praying, dear father. And he goes, stop, 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 don't, don't. He's so fearful. Because a meek spirit will be afraid, fearful of change, fearful of getting in trouble. I kept praying. I knew I wasn't going against his free will. The father had already told me this was his wishes. Because the father will not free anybody without their heart and their spirit wanting it. If he did, this would not be good tidings to them. It would be as if you were raping them. Even though they need the healing, they need the revelations, and he won't force himself or anything he has against their wishes. Now, his spirit's covered by that dark veil of the flesh. It has no knowledge of this God and his power. But I have to go past that. So I said, Father, set this little one free so he will believe that his prayers and his thoughts that he has been thinking about, that you've heard, can be answered. Bring these good tidings to him. And let this meek spirit regain his courage and hope and see that there is a power and a love more powerful than the flames of fire. They were gone. And before me in the spirit was a beautiful, crystal clear, born again little spirit like a white diamond out from the center of it was shining the glory and the honor of the Holy Spirit. I said, sweetie, open your eyes and look at yourself. No, no, no. He was afraid even to look. But he did. And he started crying. Oh, I have a face. Oh, I have hands. Oh my God, I'm a person. I have a body. And I 
go, yes, sweetie, you do, and you're beautiful. Because what is that coming out? That is your light. That is the healing. That is the myrrh. That is the copy love of the Father that took those flames. I said, do you want them back? No, no, no. Good tidings had brought strength and courage and deliverance. I was a bearer, a proclaimer of good tidings to this young man. I prayed, I asked, and the Heavenly Father produced. I work in a partnership with the Heavenly Father. It's His heart that I am working on. He's the one that brings the good tidings. I speak. He's the one that has the power and the love. And His heart wants to help so much. Now I want to tell you another story about good tidings. This one has to do with... Well, that's not his real name. He's now in heaven. He was a heavy metal uh, singer. A powerful, powerful band. I think it's still going. And he grew up half and half. And I met him through Amanda. He grew up half Christian, half satanic. He was born and abused and got sent with his father out in California. Met his father's witchcraft clan. Started learning, and at about five, he came home. His father had died of suicide. So his mom comes back and gets him, takes him back to New York City, where she had married another man. The abuse started happening and got worse and worse and worse. And he, of course, then it's so bad, he gets onto heroin and drugs, becomes an addict. And he begs his mom to leave and go back to California, and she won't go. And he was so upset that she would choose a husband over her own biological son. So he left. He goes back to California. He runs into his father's witchcraft clan, satanic clan. And he meets some high priest and he starts learning the black arts. Then he runs into Amanda when Amanda's about 12 and sort of becomes her boyfriend, lover, protector, shepherd, until she gets of age. And that's how I met him. I met him. He was a mess. But my job was to be a bearer of good tidings. My job was to spiritually become their mother, reconnect them to love, spiritually, to love them no matter what they were, what they had done, the kind of lives they lived, and the mess they were in. I was to be this bearer of good tidings of love. Because they didn't, they could not yet love this heavenly father they believed he was dead been crucified fathers heard him and I had to be at the loving mother that would hold even when they tried to kill me poison me lie to me with the sheriff's department with false sexual allegations try to kill me in my own home run me over and, uh, through red lights I had to love them I had to hold and love. I had to be a powerful carrier of good tidings. Called agape love. This mother had to hold. And I eventually, he was allowed me to spiritually become his mother. He wrote me a beautiful letter. It's up on the website called Owl's Story. Beautiful. And I still had to love him no matter what he did. He did some bad stuff. 
and but he started his spirit needed a mama the mama's the carrier of the good tidings of the love the bond to get them back to the father that was my job to be a bearer of good tidings for these meek fearful wounded frightened disassociated fragmented human spirits I was to love them and all their parts and to be there for them no matter what and I was for our helped him walk to the altar to die he went out without any demons he went to heaven we said our goodbyes he was happy so I was a bearer of good tidings to this meek wounded and injured spiritual being named Owl same thing happened with Isaac oh boy he was a big mess Isaac was a high priest of the clan called the Black Forest clan out of Germany he was a powerful he was into heavy metal music I think he was a realtor was out of England spoke many languages multi-millionaire powerful powerful dude he sat in the third place on the international Illuminati thing around the table Candy's family sat in the number one place but there's always marriage contracts trying to move up well Isaac he would even come in bodies to check me out he sent one of his kids uh, for me to pray with and I said well where are you from young man he said California I said what's your name Isaac it was his Isaac spirit that meek spirit wanted to say if my spirit had the goods of good tidings was this power that I had this touch was it the real deal then one time he came to church he wore a wig because he was actually bald and he sat behind me but they were so frightened of me to recognize him and they'd move in and out of people to look at me with with the other person's eyes but I was dealing spiritual stuff to a meek and frightened a spirit who had lost all courage had no hope just wanted to survive and not be abused and tortured I had to carry good tidings words of love words filled with alloys and fragrances and healing and I had to have the backup to back up my words this was a partnership I had with the Heavenly Father they weren't my words it wasn't my love he was using I was the go-between then there was Amanda when I met her she had come to the altar in this church she told him she was a witcher in Satanism they called me I said sweetie you can come out of the darkness we took her in a back room with the ushers and I bound up everything and I saw in the spirit her little spirit little bitty child just kind of come out of the darkness I laid my hands on it spiritually you would not have seen that in the natural I led her to the Lord and then she disappeared back into the mist from that time on that little spirit chased me wanted to be my mother wanted me to be its mother I have a lot of her letters my job was to be a bearer of good tidings 
My words had to be anointed with these words of alloy and myrrh, love and joy. There had to be some anointing and oil on them. So when I spoke, things happened. I had to be backed up by the giver of these words. But I was to be the proclaimer of good tidings to the meek. To these precious spirits who had lost all hope and strength. Lived in fear and torments. Disassociation. Were deficient. Lacking in courage. Had no freedom. Lived in chains and dungeons. Self-hypnosis and trances. My words had to be filled with love. I learned how to talk. To be gentle. I learned how to listen to. I would have multiple conversations with multiple spirits through one. Then I would have to know spiritually when a demon showed up. When Satan himself was talking to me. I had to spiritually help my spirit. I couldn't do it. I had to pray that my spirit would be sensitive to these human spirits. I was working in the spirit realm. I had never been there before. That's not what mental health counselings do. They sit in an office. They sit in a group. You see a physical body in front of you. And you don't pray with them. And you're just talking to the soul. I had to go deep. I had to have some anointing on my voice, my spirit, to bring good tidings to precious, precious human spirits trapped in darkness and ignorance and they needed strength you don't know how many times I had to protect them I had to be a shepherd I had to be a king and a warrior I was in a deep partnership just like Christ Jesus was he said my father is here within me he and I are working together sometimes he would come out and do his own thing and sometimes he does that with me. He'll come out. He wants to talk to us. He wants to see us and relate to the human spirit. But he knows he can't do it at first. They're too frightened. So he sends a mama. That was me. And he sends a good shepherd to watch over them and protect them. Filled with spiritual wisdom and knowledge about the enemy. What's going on? I get phone calls all the time. They come to me in the spirit. They ask me questions. They want to know. Sometimes I have to be a tough mama and do some spanking of little butts. And sometimes I have to decree and proclaim things in nations as a king. Sometimes I just have to speak words of peace. Sometimes I have to go retrieve them when they've been kidnapped. Or they're in meetings. I'm going to tell you this one story. It's pretty powerful. I'd been going to this church for a long time. And then God said, you can't go back anymore. He said, there's too much evil there. Well, I don't know what that meant. But I obey. And I said, okay, I'll listen to it on the radio. No, you can't even do that. So what was I going to do? It was a Friday night. I wanted my praise and worship. I want. So I got a, video, a VCR, I think they were called of Hill Songs from Australia 
which had been going on during I put it on and I start dancing in my kitchen and boom I'm gone I was in a satanic meeting up on the platform and I started preaching speaking proclaiming good tidings right there in the meeting all the demonics were bowed down over the floor and I was talking just to human spirits and I proclaimed good tidings to them they all got saved they believed in this Christ Jesus and then I was told I was to be a Joshua to them and I was to help them come into the promised land learn how to fight just like the Old Testament they were not warriors anymore they were meek spirits the only strength they had was from demonics and the will to live they had no strength in their spirit no love for each other I had to be a Joshua to them and a spiritual mother those are some of my experiences in learning how to preach these good tidings to the meek another story was when uh, I had a lot of training for this and that's be another tape I would be taken to people who were going to die the father would speak to me I'll tell you this one story I don't think I've told you there was uh, it was New Year's Eve I'm coming up my stairs now this I've had several experiences with this so I knew what to do coming up the stairs New Year's Eve and I hear the father through the Holy Spirit say to me I will take him now I knew what was somebody was dying don't know where I stopped on the stairs I said okay sir and I was gone and I ended up at a car wreck one person in one car and the young man was dying and he couldn't get out of his body because the demons were tormenting him and he probably was an unsaved individual didn't believe in Christ probably was a Satanist high priest I said you can go now before it goes but he couldn't get out so I said no problem I'll help you out which I don't know how I do it but I help them out of their body and I have an angel that goes with me all the time when that happens I put the spirit in the hands of the angel and I go bye I'll see you later and off they go because the spirit when it is dying and it's in a car wreck or like now we see with COVID-19 they are dying fearful the soul is afraid they haven't been able to have any love or prayers except by the nurses and doctors some don't get that they pass away in their comas the spirit is frightened and this loving heavenly father of the good tidings does not want the spirit to be afraid of death it's a passing into his world eternity so I was sent to this young man the demons wanted to torment him and they laugh and they mock at the spirit at death they just stand and they see the fear and the vexation the pain and the torment on the spirit and they just think it's a ball because they believe they can't hurt this big God who cast them out of the kingdom of heaven but they can torment by proxy and hurt his heart by stabbing his heart with the pain and the torture of these precious human spirits even at the time of death 
So I took him out, sent him on his way. The next day in the newspaper, there was a story here in Pensacola of a one-car crash, and a young man died. That was him. So being a proclaimer of good tidings, it's from all the way in the womb. I've done that. A little baby's going to be aborted. I will go preach good tidings to it. Lay my hands on the little spirit. Take it out of its body. Before the scalpel comes. The thing comes into their brain. Or they're aborted early. Believe it or not. I even talked to my granddaughter. When she was in the womb. She was very frightened. She was coming early. Her mother had a lot of health issues. And I prayed peace over it. You'll come on out. As soon as she came out, she came right to me in Florida and said, I'm here, I'm here. I said, good, okay, you're all right. I've had those experiences. Because even in that level, when the child is going through childbirth, or maybe there's some problems and they're coming early, the spirit is frightened. And this loving, loving father doesn't want the spirit frightened. It wants it peaceful. So I attend to that. I tend to them at death. That is the story of me, Pastor Deborah, being a messenger of good tidings to the meek. And I hope that you learn that that is what all of us are supposed to do. We're seeing it a lot now. We have a soul that needs good tidings. It needs words of hope and encouragement and love. Sometimes the souls are weak and they are depressed and they're in mourning. They feel trapped. They need people to speak. Proclaim good tidings. But you have to be a bearer not only of words, but the anointing behind them. There must be changes that when you pray, the soul is changed, the spirit is changed, things happen. Because if not, your words are empty words. And they can't trust you. And therefore, if they cannot trust your words, they cannot trust him, the sender of the words. I want to show you how it comes. I don't know if you can see this, but this is sort of a gift. I bring a gift of good tidings. I bring words wrapped in a beautiful oh dear I hit it I'm a gear I'm a gift giver my words must be anointed they must have oil of gladness on them they must be the words of a father not yelling and screaming not challenging I must be able to tell stories and parables because I'm talking to a spirit the souls are tough. They are mean. You ain't going to get past that bully. You can yell and scream all you want to. Ain't going nowhere. But to the little spirit in there, that meek little spirit, that's frightened, has no strength. You must be a sweet nurse, a sweet, sweet voice. You must be a carrier. Of a copy love and joy and peace. Your words must have power. They must be anointed. Must be coming from your spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Not from your soul. It won't do any good. 
So enjoy. This was called Proclaiming Good Tidings Unto the Meek. Now I'm going to go out. I've got to go and watch some cats so I can trap another one. Maybe take a walk before the rain comes for the next two days. And I am hopefully going to get this up this evening. takes a little while to get it all done, but that's what I'm going to do. So know that I am a speaker, anointed to speak and proclaim and to bring words of good tidings to the meek. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah, God be love, love is here. Global Teleministry. See you next time. And sorry that I keep bonking this. Love.